Hi, this is Jackie Friel. This is my Module 1 Film Journal. My aim here is to examine the construction of the Hollywood Indian in terms of how it's been constructed and why it's been constructed, as well as what the lasting effects have been on the popular understanding of Native people here in the U.S. The Hollywood Indian was constructed at the same time that film was created, but it grew out of already existing ideas and stereotypes about Native people, which were products of the hierarchical structure of the settler colonial state. Hollywood has represented Native people in terms of how white settlers perceive them, not as they see themselves. Some of the earliest images captured on film are that of Native people performing for the director behind the camera. The settler colonial society that created the Hollywood Indian did so in order to demonize native peoples. Hollywood has othered native people by portraying them as savage in order to justify their own genocidal acts of coloniality, and at other times as brave and noble yet vanishing, thereby victimizing them to allow for the white savior to step in and be the hero. This allows white, the white directors behind the cameras to help the U.S. retain its innocence, later replacing the noble vanishing natives with themselves. As Sherman Alexie wrote in the closing lines of one of his poems, in the great American Indian novel, when it is finally written, all of the white people will be Indians and all of the Indians will be ghosts. The same could be said of the films we've watched so far in this class. The earlier films, like The Battle at Elderbrook Gulch and, and Stagecoach, show one-dimensional merciless Indian savages, to quote the Declaration of Independence, played quite often by white men in red face, with no distinction of which nation or culture they belong to, and given the role of villain. Often, Native people are stand-ins for other cultural phenomena. John Wayne, on the other hand, is the embodiment of American values and ideology, an ultra-masculine representation of manifest destiny. As time passed, some improvements were made in the film industry, such as Native actors playing Native roles and being given more fleshed-out characters who conveyed humor and humanity, such as Gary Farmer's role in Nobody, of Nobody in Dead Man. They nevertheless have remained as side characters rather than starring roles. Even these more recent films quite often regurgitate old stereotypes, like the quote-unquote magical healer or the guide, or in some cases still the savage. So far, only Native men have played these roles in the films we've watched. The very few Native women who we have seen have been, played, have been playing very minor background characters, and usually sexualized and or brutalized in some way. All of these films have taken place in the historic past also, which calls to mind a passage from Paul Chot Smith's On Romanticism, when he wrote, The continued trivialization and appropriation of Indian culture, the absolute refusal to deal with us as just plain folks living in the present and not the past is the same as ever. End quote. All of these um, ideas coalesce to form the idea that, in the viewer's mind, Native people existed in the past, 
and were either noble or savage, mainly male and on the verge of vanishing. Even films like Dead Man that attempt to revision the Western continue to reproduce the same ideology and stereotypes that they try to criticize. Without any outside knowledge, watching these films could leave a viewer with the false belief that Native people no longer exist, or if they do, they don't look or act Indian enough to count as authentic Natives. So what constitutes looking and acting like an authentic Native? Probably wearing buckskin and feathers in your hair and fitting neatly into one or more of the mental, sexual, or spiritual stereotypes identified by Neva Kilpatrick and celluloid Indians, which are continually conveyed in these films. This construction of the Hollywood Indian is to convince ourselves that real or authentic natives no longer exist, which is to exert our power while excusing ourselves from any responsibility and maintaining our firm belief in manifest destiny and our natural right to this land and its resources. Some of these films may have been made with the best of intentions, like Jim Jarmusch doing tons of research for Dead Man and using Gary Farmer as a cultural resource, a role for which he was given credit, if not payment. Nevertheless, good intentions don't excuse the fact that these films have contributed to the trivialization, if not the erasure, of Native peoples as they truly are. It's easy to ignore entire nations of people if you're convinced they no longer exist, or if you believe they're pitiful victims who just can't seem to get with the program. This project of coloniality we're in the midst of has only been strengthened by the popular understanding of Native people that has come from the Hollywood imaginings of who and what Native people are, or were, as the case may be. The Hollywood Indian is a creation of many devices, including musical scores, costumes, cinematography, and dialogue, or lack thereof, as well as the type of actors who have played native roles. As can be seen in Stagecoach and The Revenant, to name just a couple, the musical score changes in an ominous and foreboding way when native people enter the frame. Native characters are nearly always wearing little to no clothing, with feathers in their hair and paint on their faces. The camera will often shift to wide angles to show the large numbers of native men who are attacking the white settlers. In Stagecoach, the camera angled up to show the, the native men on top of a hill looking down menacingly on the stagecoach. The stagecoach and the white settlers inside it were always shot straight on. This is a cinematic way of othering the native people by looking at white settlers head on as equals and looking at native people almost as vultures or some menacing force up above the innocent white travelers. Edison's kinetograph hit the scene in the late 1800s, white men immediately started filming native people, ostensibly in an attempt to document the vanishing race. With the movies we've watched from the Battle of Elder Gulch to Stagecoach to the more contemporary romantic and revisionist films like Dances with Wolves and Dead Man, we've continued to see this vanishing Indian narrative, though in a more subtle way, which could be argued as more dangerous. The film's trajectory has seen some changes, though and that more Native people are playing Native roles, and increasingly their voices are being heard within the industry. I'm excited to move forward and begin watching Native-led films with Native people in front of and behind the camera, and see how they challenge the construct of the Hollywood Indian.
One thing I've noticed that really sticks out to me while watching these movies is the fact that we haven't seen a Native woman in a lead role in any of these movies yet, with the exception of the short film Wakening, which was made by an Indigenous woman. When we have seen Native women on screen, there are secondary or even tertiary characters, often with little to no dialogue, and they're usually being assaulted or otherwise sexualized by the white male characters. The women in these movies, both Native and non-Native, have been rescued by the white male hero. I'm hoping to see movies later that portray Native women with autonomy and agency. Thank you for listening to my first film journal. I look forward to Module 2.